friends, welcome to the Bronze Metal Life podcast. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. And, uh, you know, listen, I was in broadcasting for 20 years. I did many radio shows. I did a couple podcasts. Um, but this is the first time I'm going out on my own. And let me tell you something. The, the hardest part is the beginning. <laughs> it's always the beginning. Like, it might seem like such a silly thing, but how do you just say hi to a group of people um, that you can't see? It's always a little bit weird. So here I am. Uh, Brene Brown has a word for it. She calls it FFT. And um, just because I don't even know how to put the explicit label on uh, my podcast yet, uh, it stands for, uh, let's I'll say freaking first time, but she uses the real word. So anytime you're kind of rolling something out for the first time, it's it's the trickiest thing, but it's uh, it's an exercise in bravery because, you know, you'll never do something if you don't just pull the Band-Aid off and try it. So here I am. uh, And uh, this is our first time together. And I have a lot of dreams for what I want this podcast to be. I have ideas of having uh, guests on periodically to talk about how they are living their bronze metal life. I have some ideas about maybe some shorter form podcasts down the road. Just a little, you know, quick little pep talk. I think we all need a little pep talk every once in a while. But my real goal for this podcast is that it is short. It keeps you company maybe on a walk or on your commute to work, but that it's just a really good place to start your day or end your day or reflect on your day and just think about how it's okay to just be okay. We are a culture that strives for perfection and that's just not possible. It's not attainable. And honestly, I think it's pretty damaging. I'm just a gal trying to work it out. (laughs) And uh, I'm pretty sure that, that a lot of you out there are just trying to figure out how to make it through this mess called life and do it uh, with a little bit of joy, which is really kind of why I'm here and why I decided to talk more about this idea that's been percolating in my life for a long time called the bronze metal life. So just a little bit about how the, actually, you know what, mm, before I even go there, I got to tell you guys a story. This is a bronze metal story if ever there was one. This is actually my second stab at uh, the first podcast of the bronze metal life. Um, it's like the most, it's so funny because like the universe laughs at me regularly. And this was a prime example. And um, well, I'll just tell you the story. So I had decided last week, okay, you know what, I, I really had wanted to drop my first podcast at the beginning of November. Um, it was an arbitrary goal. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, first first week of November, we'll drop a podcast. So I, I recorded this entire podcast. And um, I mean, it was decent, you know, I was putting the finishing touches on it, trying to zhuzh it up a little bit so that uh, it had a little little a production element to it. And um, I decided to sleep on it. I'd done a bunch of work on it and I decided to sleep on it. I shut my computer down for the night and I woke up the next morning and my computer would not turn on. And the program that I had been editing in does not upload to the cloud. Oh my gosh. I mean, truly, could it be more bronze metal lifey. Like all these things that I should have and could have done, backed it up, whatever. I didn't do any of them. 
Because of course, you never think that your computer is going to die at a vital moment. Actually, you just actually shouldn't ever count on your computer dying. However, the funny joke is this computer had died twice before. And um, <laughs> I, I kid you not, when I went to the Genius Bar, they looked back at my record and they were like, huh, your computer completely died a year ago, this exact computer. I was like, yeah, I know. And then they were like, no, like actually a year ago, like almost to the date. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then I was like, oh, and it also died a year before that. And they looked and they said, yep, exactly a year prior. So two, three years in a row around almost exactly the same time. I think once it was in October, twice it was in November, almost to the day my computer died. So maybe I should have planned on it. Any who's in housing, that's not why you came. I ended up having to just replace the computer entirely, and I never was able to get back that podcast that I uh, recorded. And it is totally a bronze medal story because the truth is, there would have been a time where something like that would have thrown me for such a loop. But I have decided to try to take life more in stride uh, and not get so worked up about things that really in the grand scheme are not a huge deal. And honestly, it had I put some work into it? Yeah. Was it a bummer? Totally. But did it actually derail my entire life? No. Uh, and in fact, you know, I always say you're either going to have a good time or a good story. It definitely was a good story. So uh, here I am living my best bronze medal life. And this is the second stab at it. So thank you for joining me for my second podcast, even though it is your first podcast. (laughs) Uh, But that is a little bit about what the bronze medal life is about. I have been, um, I've been on a, I've been on a roller coaster my whole life of, trying to really like fight against my own inner voice or my own personal expectations of myself. Because let's be honest, nobody else expects perfection from me. Nobody else expects perfection from you. Or maybe somebody does. Um, But there is a practice to realizing that that is an unattainable standard. And maybe somebody else has really high expectations for you. And that does not necessarily mean that you need to meet them at all times. Um, Perfection is not a real thing. You can be really good at things. You can be even great at things. Uh, But I think I was, you know, pretty young when I realized I'll never probably be the best at anything. That is a title that is reserved for such a precious few in this world. And the majority of us really are just, I don't know, average. And what if we could look at our average and realize that our average is actually bronze medal worthy? It's actually pretty good. When you think about the Olympics, those bronze medalists, they didn't get there by being not good at what they were doing. They were really good at what they were doing. Um, Somebody else was better and that's okay. So here we are, living our bronze medal life. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to be on this journey with you. Uh, As we kind of go forward in future episodes, I'll probably tell you a little bit more about this concept and kind of how I arrived at it, um, where it's shown up in my life. It's not really a straight line story. In fact, actually, it's been a practice that's kind of shown up at different times in my life. Um, But right now, it's a time where I'm really focusing on it. My kids are teenagers. And uh, 
And I'm just sort of in that time of life where I want to be present for more and I want to enjoy more. And I noticed that when I'm really trying to be perfect, I'm not enjoying myself at all. And that doesn't feel like how I want to go through life. And maybe that's relatable to you. And maybe that's one of the reasons why you tuned in to the Bronze Metal Life podcast. Or maybe that's a reason why you read the Bronze Metal Life uh, substack. And I hope it is. And I hope that you are excited to dive in a little bit deeper about what living this Bronze Metal Life might mean for you and what it might look like for you. One of the things I love about this concept of a bronze metal life, about it's okay to just be okay, is that you can even just be okay at living the bronze metal life. You don't have to be perfect at that either. Um, You don't have to get a gold medal at getting a bronze medal. The best part about this is my family and my loved ones and my friends all know that this is a thing I'm super passionate about. And they're able to reflect back to me when I am in a bronze or in a gold medal mentality, and I need to knock it down. (laughs) Um, It is a gift. It is a gift to be surrounded by people who say, you know what, I love you. I love you just the way you are. And your okay is great to me. And uh, so that's part of what this bronze medal life is all about. And, um, and I thank you for being interested in it, for being curious about it, for Um, figuring out what it means to you. And I look forward to hearing from you what it means to you. Um, My website, I sound like I'm wrapping this up. I'm not wrapping this up. I just want to make sure you have this because this is important information. The website is thebronzemetallife.com. And that's uh, a great place to get in touch with me and tell me your own bronze metal stories. Uh, Tell me ideas for what kinds of things you'd like to hear on this podcast going forward. Um, I feel like I'm all over the place, but you know, it's a bronze medal podcast, you guys, you've signed up for it. Um, so the first place I really, well, the, I guess the place where it really crystallized for me, the bronze medal life was when I became a parent. Oof, y'all, the parenting wars are legit. They're real. And it is really difficult to exist in circles of parents without having conversations constantly about your kid. And I started to notice the way that And I don't think people intend for this, but because you're so singularly focused on parenting when you have a child, um, it it, it actually makes sense that a lot of times it's the only thing people are doing who have just become parents is like being a parent. Even if they have a job, being a parent is like the most important thing in their lives. And so their kids are so important. And the way people talk about their kids, it's like everybody's jockeying for the top parent position. And I just, I I didn't feel comfortable with it. I was like, I need to opt out of that. That does not feel like a productive way for me to feel good about parenting. And so I sort of actively resisted it. I, um, I didn't, it, it, there's a difference between thinking you're not good at something and not trying to be the best at it. And I think I was able to to kind of ride that distinction of like, this is a lot of parenting is trial and error. A lot of parenting is very humbling. A lot of parenting is getting it wrong and trying to figure out how to get it right the next time. It's such a process. 
and it requires you to be to have grace with yourself. And so I think that's when I realized like I'm not trying to go for the gold here. I just I just want to be on the podium. I just want to raise really productive kids and I realized we don't talk about parenting a lot in those terms because we're so busy with other parents kind of jockeying for that top position. And so I decided to just be really honest about it. And when I started to be honest about it as a parent, I also started to realize how much it applied to other areas of my life, that there were things that I was really passionate about and wanted to be really good at, but I never was going to be the best at. Or maybe there isn't a yardstick for best. Maybe there's a lot of room for everybody. And when I started to look at things that way, I realized I was a lot happier. I was a lot more able to be present in things. And the times when I was unhappy or anxious, and I'm saying clinically anxious because I do have diagnosed anxiety disorder, when I was the most anxious was when I was trying to be somebody I wasn't, or when I was trying to attain something that was absolutely unattainable. And so that's sort of where the concept of living in this this okay space came to be. And um, for me, I'm a lot happier when I am striving for fine. (laughs) And I hope that that is something that rings true to you. And there are ways that you can apply this to your life or think about areas where maybe you've been working really hard to be something that you're not. And recognizing that it's okay to settle into this space and and be who you are and make mistakes and try to correct them if you can, or just honoring them and having grace for them if you can't. Okay, so I want to go back to that podcast that you will never hear, the one that got lost on my computer, the one that I will never hear again, uh, and share with you just a little bit of what that was about, because there's something kind of cool at the end of the story. And that's, um, that is I have a confession to make. And remember, this podcast was going to come out a lot closer to Halloween. So just pretend it's Halloween. (laughs) Uh, I am a Halloween Scrooge. I am a full-blown Halloween Scrooge. I dislike Halloween a lot. Most of what I don't like about it is the dressing up part. I It probably doesn't come as a surprise that I am a person who really appreciates authenticity. And so the thing that's weird to me about the dress up is I just, you know, some people will dress up in a costume and they don't, it's not just a costume. They're going to like actually try to be the person who they um, dressed up as. So like if somebody shows up at the party like a Wookiee and the whole night they're making Wookiee noises, I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to talk to that. And so it just is confusing to my brain. So in general, I just don't like the dress up piece. The other thing is I grew up in a house where um, my mom never bought candy for Halloween. And there was a specific reason why. And it was mostly because we didn't get a lot of trick-or-treaters at our house just because of the area of uh, Minneapolis that we lived in. So she always gave something out like stickers or something that was non-candy. And Uh, When I grew up and got married and had children and bought my forever house that I live in right now, actually, we lived in a really similar area. 
um, not the same neighborhood that I grew up in, but a similar area in that we just we don't have we don't have neighbors across the street. People kind of forget about our block. We don't get a lot of trick or treaters, so I never bought candy because I always thought, well, that's logical. Like I, I want to have something that I can give out again next year. Well, you can imagine. Uh, I get dragged for that on the regular because I don't know. I don't. And you know what? Honestly, I don't even care because now it's just funny. So um, Jason Matheson, who hosts the morning show uh, over at My Talk 1071, where I used to work, on a whim called me to tease me about this uh, the other day. And his producer, who's my old producer, Holly Roberts, had this great idea. Hey, why don't you give away? Why don't you give away this year? like toiletries from hotels. <laughs> and I was like, I am in. I don't know why. I just, again, you either have a good time or a good story. And if you're lucky, you get both. And this was one of those moments where it was a weird, silly thing. And I was here for the project. So we collected a bunch of shampoo and conditioner and soaps from hotels. And uh, I put them all in a bowl and I got ready for the trick-or-treaters to come on Halloween. And my husband, who is, um, he is like the, he is absolutely like my perfect balance. He goes, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> and I said, okay, fine. What do you want to do? He said, well, we have to offer candy too. I said, well, you, you know what? It is your home. It is my home. We can come together with our Halloween uh you know, picadillos, and we can do what we need to do. So he got a bunch of, I don't even know what picadillo means. Is that what? Anyway, you know what I mean, right? Okay, doesn't matter. So he gets candy. I get, uh, I got the toiletries. We put them all in a bunch of bowls and I just offer it all to the kids. And uh, I just want to share with you <laughs> what ended up happening. So uh, I recorded it when we got trick-or-treaters. And again, we only got like six trick-or-treaters. This is a normal year for us. We do not get a lot of trick-or-treaters, like I said. Um, but I recorded it. And I just, you know, you don't know what to expect. I don't know that anybody knows what to expect when they decide to give out shampoo for Halloween. But... <laughs> I certainly did not know what to expect. So uh, here's a little bit of the trick-or-treaters coming to our house. These have been edited mostly for time because I know you don't want to hear, you know, kids rifling through bowls of shampoo and, and candy. But just listen to what ended up happening. Hi. Okay. You have a choice to make. Are you ready? Shampoo and conditioner. Soap or lotion. Candy. What do you want? I need some shampoo. You you need shampoo? Go to town. Take two if you want. Go to town. We had one authentic shampoo taker. Hello. How is everybody? Happy Halloween. Is that cheese? It's not cheese, but that's a great idea. I have soap or lotion. I have some shampoo and conditioner. Uh, Are you going soap? I'm going soap. I'm going soap. There's soap. lotion in there too. It's good stuff. Really? Where's lotion? There it is. Where is it? That's lotion. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Oh my god, is that glue? There's no glue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy Halloween. All right, thank you. Happy You're very welcome. Hi. How are you? Good. You want soap? I was not expecting that. I'm very excited. Here you go. You take that one. Perfect. I got soap. Do you want soap too? Okay, thanks. You're welcome. I got soap. <laughs> Bye. Don't
Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best? Some of those kids were so excited about shampoo and soap. (laughs) It was the best time. I had the biggest smile on my face all night long. Uh, And it just, it was what a delight, what a joy uh, to share that. And I just had to share it with you because, you know, sometimes I think we decide for other people how they're going to react to something. Um, You know, my husband was afraid. My kids actually were afraid. One of my kids said, we're going to get egged. And we didn't get egged. In fact, we got the opposite of egged. We got a bunch of excited kids who were in on the joke and thought it was a bunch of fun. So sometimes, uh, sometimes it's, it's, life surprises you, right? And that was one of those times. But here's the thing. I don't think I'm the only Halloween Scrooge in my family. I think I'm also raising a Halloween Scrooge. And that's my son, my 13-year-old son. He's my boy twin. So I have a 17-year-old son and then 13-year-old twins who are boy-girl. And my boy twin um, has never been a big fan of Halloween. (laughs) In fact, um, I can't even tell you how many years we bought him a costume that he picked out and he would either refuse to wear it or one time he did actually wear it. He dressed up as a lion and um, and what resulted was the best picture of our in our entire family. It is family lore. We call it the sad lion picture that year. I think he might have been three or four. He was a lion his twin sister was a leopard and their big brother was Anakin Skywalker and he had a lightsaber. And my 13 year old, my, who was the lion, the lion really wanted the lightsaber and Anakin Skywalker was not inclined to let him use that. And so he pouted and we have this picture on the front steps of our house that perfectly typifies the Halloween Scrooge. We call it sad lion. And, uh, the, the longer title is A Leopard, a Anakin Skywalker, and a Lion Who Really Wants a Lightsaber. He looks so sad. It is the saddest thing you've ever seen and also the funniest. And uh, over dinner the other night, somebody said, hey, you should put that on a t-shirt. People love Sad Lion. On Halloween, we always post the picture and we say, happy Sad Lion Day to those who celebrate. You, you should put that on the picture. It's like, it's very relatable. If you've ever been just really pouty, sad lion will get you right in your feels. So I did, I put it on a t-shirt and I told my sad lion that I would give him uh, 50% of the proceeds of all sad lion merchandise sales. And then the rest are going to go to the Minnesota Zoo Foundation so that the lions can be happy. So uh, you can get those at my website at uh, thebronzemetallife.com. There's a shop link right there. You can link to the shop and shop to your heart's content. Um, There's lots of other things there and more will be added as, you know, as we kind of keep taking this journey together. Uh, I'll throw up uh, some t-shirts from time to time with uh, little, little reminders of how you can live your best bronze metal life. But let me tell you what, Sad Lion is, is always living his bronze metal life. (laughs) So check that out uh, and uh, get your own Sad Lion merchandise and come back again next week. Subscribe and uh, make this part of your routine. We'll be back here again next week on the Bronze Metal Life podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time.